Hey, I'm Bob Runkle, and for as long as I can remember, I've loved pop culture. Despite the challenges I've faced in my life, pop culture has always been there for me. I love talking to people and being a platform for others to share their thoughts and stories. Because if there's one thing I never get tired of, it's seeing driven, talented, and inspiring individuals follow their dreams, no matter what obstacles are in their way. And I know a thing or two about that. Welcome to the DJ Bob Show. I'm DJ Bob. Roll it. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present. And now, here is your host, DJ Bob. Spending time in Stars Hollow today with the casting directors of the hit series Gilmore Girls. Mara Casey and Jamie Rudofsky are here, and we talk about casting the iconic series, diversity and inclusion, and just life in general. I really love this conversation. It's one of my favorites in recent memory. Enjoy it. This is a really fun conversation we're about to have. So for those that don't know who you are, would you mind introducing yourself, who you are and what you've done over the years? Sure. Uh, I guess I'll start. Hi, I'm Jamie Radowski. Um, I am a casting director and uh, I cast a little known show called The Gilmore Girls with the other delightful person on this call. <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, the delightful, known as the delightful Mara Casey. And um, I've uh, hopped around like a good short attention span person that I am from acting to casting to teaching and kind of hopping back to acting. So I'm so happy to have you both here and it was funny how we kind of connected so you know I was binging Gilmore again and it watched it in a number of years and then I'm looking through the credits and I said I wonder who cast this thing and if I could talk to them and then Mara I found like your Venmo or something like that <laughs> Why didn't you send her some money? Dude? Yeah, I, I don't I didn't I didn't receive any payment from you, DJ Bob. <laughs> Sorry about that. Um <laughs> But I figured, well, if I can email for Venmo, she must be using it. So so then I just contacted you through that and we were off to the races. I'm so glad you're here. Wow, yeah. that is creepy and fascinating. But it worked. <laughs> it did, it did. work. I might cut that out. <laughs> um, no, no but, don't. Now maybe people will just send Mara money. <laughs> so let's let's get into your working relationship with each other. What was your day to day casting Gilmore? Like, give me a typical day. 
it starts <sighs> with coffee. coffee. Did you say coffee? Yes. Always started. Yeah, with I, I saw I saw coffee too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, every day was different, um, especially because we um, sometimes, you know, would not get scripts until um, very close to shooting. And so we were either in the uh, let's try to guess what is coming down the pike or trying to get ahead of it by, you know, just slightly nudging Amy. Hey, what are we looking for in the next episode or which which characters are uh, are going to be in the next episode if we have to, you know, um, do their deals um and then you know once we would get a script just start coming you know we each would kind of come up with ideas for each character of people we wanted to audition and then we'd kind of come together and choose which people we wanted to bring in to audition what else mara well what we would do because we didn't sometimes get late scripts we always got late scripts like the day of shooting the first day of shooting generally we hadn't had a casting session yet because everyone was seeing the script for the first time but so what we did was when we had an idea of the kind of characters that would be coming down the pike we would pre-read people with old material the old material having perhaps the essence of what Amy might be looking for. So it was a lot of kind of pre-reads on possible types we could be bringing in. And then we also though, uh, we, were, we were able, you know, as soon as production figured out that the scripts would always be late, they um, could board the series regulars and maybe some recurring people at the top. So, you know, we would be able to secure those people and then have a casting session first or second day after it started shooting, sometimes even later. And then we'd bring those people that we thought might be right for the part we hadn't read yet. And then when we read it, then we were like, okay, fine. And then we'd bring in those peeps that we met at a, you know, met with a pre-read and they'd finally have the, sometimes they would have the character material and sometimes they would just get cast off old material. Now, something that's worth noting is that you guys were not in charge of casting the initial pilot. Yeah, so correct. Correct. Did seeing that pilot help you in the types of people you wanted to cast once you got to series? Um. So what happens a lot well what happened in the old days because i've been out of it and i don't know anything anymore but what happens there were casting directors who just would cast pilots they had no interest in doing series and i i don't know if that was true for the women who cast this but when they when the pilot presentation which was about 30 minutes when we saw that i thought you know i thought it was darling i thought it was just super darling and we knew that we had to find a new new uh, Dean and a new Suki. So when we got hired, we had to f- find those two characters and all the other characters to so they could finish completing shooting the series. So, you know, it would be longer. Does, d- 
did I even explain that kind of to for you to understand, Bob? Yeah. Okay, great. So, um, yeah, so we, we started off looking for the Suki and looking for the Dean and we did real good. And we know that those two actors have not stopped working since Gilmore. Yeah, they're okay. Literally have not stopped working. Yeah. Side note, side note, Jamie, um, Jared has a series out called Walker, I think, and Sebastian and he's a, but he's on a, he's a producer on the spinoff, which I think is called Walker Independence. And now, and Sebastian's been the sound supervisor for that show. <laughs> that's my, that's my husband, Bob. <laughs> so that just is kind of like a little full circle, but not really. But I just thought, P.S. Jamie. <laughs> I feel like Gilmore has a lot of those intersecting circle moments. Like, yeah, um, yeah for sure. What I love still to this day people that i run into or audition or they they'll say you know you gave us or you gave me your our my first job um on gilmore girls and that was cool that we gave a lot of people their first gigs and some people who have gone on to you know people who have done one or two lines and have gone on to have just amazing careers an Oscar, so, maybe an Oscar may be there, one, Golden Globe. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yep. yeah. So while we're on that topic, I'm going to bring up a specific person that I don't think you've discussed. And oh. that's later on in the series, Leslie Odom Jr. of Hamilton oh, fame shows up. Yes. So yes. tell a bit about that. You remember meeting him and what that was like? I'm sure Jamie knew. You already knew Leslie, right? Um, I'm not sure if I did. I may have. I may have auditioned him before in the past, but um, you know what's here's here's another like where it all comes back around. If you want to mm-hmm. hear this story, mm-hmm. yep. Um, so I went to see Hamilton um in early 2016 and it was when it was the still the original cast unfortunately leslie was not there that day which bummed me out oh right Um, okay because when i i mean the music i was you know obsessed and there's who wasn't pardon who wasn't So, so you're familiar with the song Dear Theodosia? Yes. Okay. So at that time, I was in the process of being approved to become a foster parent. And when I heard the song Dear Theodosia, I was really taken by the words of, you know, a parent who didn't think they were going to be a parent and didn't think they'd know what to do and that they were going to make a million mistakes. But when they saw the child, their child, they were like, I'm going to build a strong foundation for you. I'm going to make the world a better place for you. And you're going to blow us all away. And that really hit home for me because that's what I wanted to do as a parent. And so uh, later that year, I did indeed um, become a foster parent to a little boy and I named him Theo. Oh, yeah. Because of 
because of seeing Hamilton. And I tried to reach Leslie. I've tried to reach Leslie a couple of times to tell him. At one point, I was hoping to get him to sing Dear Theodosia for my son for his birthday one year. But I just oh, never. Wow. But Theo uh, calls it his song. He's like, Mom, play my song. Oh, that's so sweet. So there's a full circle with the Leslie Odom. I love that. And like when yeah. when people found out that he was on that, when he was on Gilmore, it was almost like people were joking about it. I'm like, why is that funny? Everybody has to get their oh, start. We can tell you why we think it's funny, right, Jamie? <laughs> did they, oh, what did they say, Bob? They were just like, he's, he's going from Gilmore Girls to that. I'm like, why is that funny? Like, why is that? Everybody has to start somewhere. That's right. He had had a lot. Of, he had had credits. He wasn't like some newbie. Yeah. He had, he 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 had a good agent, and he had been working. Um. So there's that. Um. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of people who just you know the world didn't like know Nick Offerman yet, you know. But then we got him for a hot second, and then. Now the world certainly knows who Nick Offerman is. And then just journeyman actors, working actors who might not be famous, but I mean, like Chris Evans auditioned for us so many times before he got cast um, on the show. So, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people had to audition a lot of different times. And um, sometimes, you know, We'd have to, sometimes we would know the person that would be perfect for the part and have, you know, maybe mention it to Amy and she'd laugh and be like, sure. And then we'd bring that person in and it answer, you know, we, we did have a really good um, sense of what Amy would respond to yes. first by looks, first by looks, then by walking in. Cause those were the days we had a lot of generals where you just meet actors who are new to town or actors who um, their representation think they'd be good on the show, you know, that kind of thing. So um, we met a lot of amazing people um, through that and would know like instantly whether or not they'd be on the show. And then there's been some misses too, where Amy could have, cast someone like Chris Pine but was like nah I'm gonna go with the other guy <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> or Ryan Gosling say what Ryan Gosling oh my god Ryan Gosling <laughs> I, I wish I mean come <laughs> on <laughs> that's a funny story you want to hear it yeah go for it so I met Ryan um when I was casting an, a tiny independent feature and um, I was just immediately like, this guy is one of the best actors I have ever come across. And um, we, we ended up, you know, he was going to do the movie and then we lost the financing. And then we started Gilmore girls. And I'm like, I kept talking about this guy. I'm like, Mara, <laughs> I star. he's amazing got to find a role for him on Gilmore Girls. And um, I kept, you know, trying to think, when can I bring him in? So finally, there was like a football player role or something. I'm like, I'm bringing in Ryan Gosling. I talked him up to Amy and to Mara. I was like, you guys, just wait. <laughs> and he came <laughs> and uh, he was not great. 
he was okay, but I just don't think he was into the role. It wasn't his vibe at the time. And he was, right. you know, I think he also kind of did his favor because um, his yeah. manager was so lovely. And I was like, please, I need them to meet him, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, both Mara and Amy looked at me afterwards and they're like, really, Jamie? He's not that. He's not all. I'm like, you mark my words. You mark my words. And you but know, also that that okay. was the project you met. It wasn't that the project where you, you met Milo too, that yep. indie film. Yep. Yeah. That's where I met yep, Milo. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. So yeah, there's that. Yeah. Proud moment. Proud moment. <laughs> it's funny. But we were so fortunate for the experience and for how many people it kind of brought into our lives too. Oh um, yeah. And then, you know, all of a sudden, 10 years later, they're like, hi, we're back. What? Are you kidding? I thought it was a joke. And then, you know, to be able to be a part of it again, 10 years later is just like, I don't know. There's very, there are very few people who get to experience that. You know, you work on a TV show, you become family. I mean, seven years on a series, you really become family. And then all of a sudden, everyone goes their own way. And so to like come back to that and, you know, I remember the first table read for the Netflix series and it was like, it was like this amazing reunion and to see people and, you know, you know, Alexis had a, just had a baby and Milo was talking Mm. about how he's like, oh yeah, I just shot this pilot that's really good with Mandy Moore. I think it's going to be really good. Yeah, that was okay. You know, it lasted, it lasted a little bit, just a little. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it was, we were really lucky. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's really funny because when I discovered it, I'm 28. So I'm a little too young when it started. Right. But at the, but at the same time, I remember catching season six live. Because my mother would watch it every week. And then I became into it because I'm such a pop culture nerd. So I got everything even at 12, 13 years old. Yeah. So, and it was so cool to just see it, see it again. And then see Netflix. It was just, it's such a familial vibe even when watching it. You're just a part of it. You're not just yeah. watching it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's yeah. I mean, I keep telling myself I'm gonna rewatch the whole thing, and then I'm like, mm. oh, God. it's. Have you nice. ever done it? No, I barely remember anything. I mean, the funny thing is, is that people will also be like, "Oh, remember that episode where blah 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 and this and that." I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> I really just looked up what episode was Leslie on. What it what was that? It was. That episode was, where I Rory, I think Rory was going to look at different colleges, right? And there was like a tailgate barbecue or something he, like that. He, no, it was like something like speech and debate. Yeah, wasn't oh. it? I was, something like a business guy or yeah. like there was something. I remember he, him. He was going against Rory. Yeah. See, I remember him. I don't remember that at all. Oy. Okay. Yeah. 
something like that. See? Yeah. It's hard to remember all of it. <laughs> oh, there it is. Look at him. I, I just Googled. He's got a suit on with a bow tie. Yeah. Ah, Can you believe you? it? Leslie, ah. episodes, season six, episode 16, guest spot Gilmore, future Tony Award, Leslie Odom uses his spark. <laughs> sparse <laughs> screen time to dazzle the audience as Quentin Walsh, a.k.a. pompous Christian guy. Yep. Wow. Yep. Digging into the archives. Woo! Digging deep. Digging so, deep. Who was, like wait, a, I have a question. So young. Oh my god, he looks so young, James. DJ Bob. He looks, who's he, favorite so character? Young. Who's my favorite oh, yeah. character? Mm, okay. I'm a big fan of Kurt. I knew you were going to say that. Because I'm weird like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, but it, I love everybody. Yeah. I love everybody. I really do. I got Bob, asked, who was who the Bob. weakest link, Bob? Uh-oh. <laughs> oh. Who is the weakest link, Bob? Oh my god, you're gonna do this to me. I honestly think no. if there's someone that I I couldn't <laughs> really stand when I first started rewatching it, it was yeah. Adam Wiley's character. Oh uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's weird because I love him now, but I couldn't stand it. I'm gonna text him right now. Just kidding. Um, get him on the podcast so I can tell him directly. <laughs> hilarious. I love it. Oh. Um, someone asked me the other night or the other day, I was, I was teaching a class and we did scenes from Gilmore Girls and they asked me and I had a really hard time answering that question. What, 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 wait, what, what was the question? Your Who favorite, my favorite or week was? Oh, like a series reg or recurring. Anyone, or anyone. And I, would, I mean, I go, I'd go with Babette, maybe. Well, that's who I was going to say is Babette. I love Sally Struthers on the show. And she's such a dear, dear person. Even, even like, like her hand gesticulation and how everything is. It's like, I love her so much. I know. She's she, a was in, she was in Vegas. When um, she got submitted for this recurring role of Babette, she was starring in that Patsy Cline musical. I think it's Love with Love Patsy. And mm -hmm. she drove or flew or whatevs to audition. And Amy, if there's one thing Amy loved, it was, you know, pulling out the uh, sitcom stars from like the 70s. Yeah, seventies um, and maybe early eighties, but that thrilled Amy to to no end. There's a lot of fun little nods to the mm -hmm. to the past on this show, and mm -hmm. what I really enjoy is like the one-off characters that never show up again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and like I, <laughs> I love how I I love how I say that, and I can't think of one right now. But it's literally just like, oh, they never show up again, but you love them for a bit, and then they're gone. But that's what makes them charming. Everybody in that cast, whether it be supporting or main, 
a kid and combo cats. There's no real main character in this. It's everybody. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, Michael Winter's character too was funny. Yes. Yeah. He he would just seem like a blast. And then Danny Strong. I mean, Danny Strong. Oh, yeah. Going down the list of everyone. And then Sebastian Bach. Rami Malik. Yep. Oh, man. Wow. You you guys cast some heavy hitters before you. It's got to be cool for you to see something like, you know, This Is Us or Bohemian Rhapsody or like something like that where it's like we knew them when sort of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Kristen Ritter. She was a one-off. Oh, yeah. Did she recur? Maybe. Oh, maybe she did. Yeah. Yeah. She. I think she had a couple of... So, you know, on this podcast, I always, I always ask this just because I'm curious. Do either of you have any questions for me about what I do or my work or pop culture and what I'm into? Or see, I like just to have a genuine conversation and see where it ends up. But I like to throw that out there. Well, oh, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm really interested. I, I actually started watching, um, uh, a YouTube, it was on YouTube of you being interviewed about why, how you started podcasting and everything. Um, I didn't get very far, but like, wh- because you've been doing this a long time. So you were, you were in it pretty early on. Yeah. I was, and, I was 15 years old when I started. Yeah. So oh, like, wow. What, what made you like, what was like, I could do this. I want to just talk and, you know, I don't know, talk to people, connect with people. Like what, what was it? Especially at that age. I started doing this because I initially, the main goal when I was a real little kid was to be a radio DJ, like play music and do comedy, just do the typical radio stuff. And then when I was 12 years old, I stumbled upon internet radio and started listening to shows. And then at 14 years old, I applied for my first radio station, got it, then got fired. Uh-oh. For mentioning a fast food chain on the air that was not sponsored. Um <laughs> <laughs> You know, you're young and you you do stupid crap. But and then after that, I said, you know what? No one's gonna hire me. I'm gonna do it. Wow. And it was that's great. It was four hours live every day. What? Four hours? In the beginning, yeah. Of you putting on your own show or yeah. interviewing? It was it was music, it was phone calls, it was every, it was, it was the stereotypical radio show. It was, but then because of my physical limitations, it was super physically demanding. Yeah. So then I basically said, you know what? 
I can't commit to this, but I I started uploading short little podcast episodes with music in it. And then around 2020, we got into a copyright scare. They took every single episode of our show down. Whoa. Oh. I lost every single oh my gosh. body of work. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I still have everything backed up, but then I decided, you know what? Pe- people really like the conversations that I'm having. having. They don't need everything else. Mm. So, it's just like- about me talking to you guys and me talking to whoever I'm talking to. Just connecting. I love it. Just, you know, connecting and having a conversation, which is a big part of acting. <laughs> I don't know about you. But <laughs> tell you how many times you're right. I say, just have the conversation. Listen mm-hmm. and have mm-hmm. the conversation. Be mm-hmm. present mm-hmm. when you're connecting with someone. And it, then if, if you can stick to that, it becomes magical. Bob, I have a question. That's why I love Gilmore so much is because it's all about the conversation, too. Yes. Well-written conversations. <laughs> Bob, do well, you listen to pod- other podcasts? Yes, do I do. Do you have... Fa- what, are, what are your, like... What are some of your favorite genres or favorite podcasts? Well, I basically use listening to other podcasts as prep for this because then I can mm-hmm. not emulate the style. You don't want to copy, but everybody has their own way of doing it. And mm-hmm. so one of one of my favorite podcasts, you pretty much can expect this, Gilmore Guys. Oh, oh cool. They're fun. And Have you that, ever listened to Talk Easy with Sam Fragosa? I have. I have. And that is a super wonderful podcast. To, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like, that's the other thing too, is that because everybody could do a podcast, you don't know whether they're doing it just to do it or they're, or they're doing it because they love it. <laughs> I think that the, I, the good ones that start out with that pure feeling of loving it. And then the love turns into, you know, listeners, viewers, dollars. It seems that when something's very genuine and authentic, that um, it doesn't feel like work. And then it leads you, uh, the your love then translates into um, success. Yeah. And I'll be honest. That those types of podcasts that I'm talking about, where it's just them doing it to do it, that started during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. people didn't know what to do with themselves, so they're like, "Oh, let me get a microphone and let me just." And it made people like me. I mean, I'm not saying I'm the best person there is, but like when I hear some something that is not of quality i'm like why are you putting this out like fine-tune your stuff and then figure it out later you don't gotta stick it 
throw it at the wall and he would stick right away. Mm-hmm. Rant over. But <laughs> um <laughs> but that's why I take pride in talking about topics that matter, not only in pop culture, but about my disability because I never used to I never used to talk about it on this podcast. Mm-hmm. At all. Have you talked? Have you had interviews um, that um, uh, feature people who are facing the same as you? Yeah. Oh, I, good. I do. Cool. And, I, and one of the interviews that I really want to do is... I want to interview my mother about what it's like being a parent of someone with a disability. That's something that I'm really yeah. trying to see what we could do with that because absolutely, that's, that's important. Have you ever had that conversation with her? I have, but she's always like, really? You want to interview me? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's great. Absolutely. That would... That's a wonderful, wonderful idea. And, you know, it's like that feels like it could grow. That would be very special. But then you, the options for growth of talking to, you know, multiple people, multiple parents and their children would be um, really, really um, interesting to listen to for sure. But there's a line because I don't want it to be mm -hmm. The disability, because I hate disability podcast. Yeah, or being defined that way, maybe also. I hate it. Yeah, because you're obviously, you know, yeah, I I can understand that. Because let mm -hmm. me tell you a story. When I was in high school, and I was telling people that I did this show, people like teachers or staff or anybody involved would say, "Who set this up for you?" This is so wonderful. Who did this for you? Like it was a grand mm. thing or a program or like I did it. Just because I have a disability doesn't mean that I can't create a quality product. Absolutely. Yeah. I just don't get that. I don't get that. I don't get that. So like as far as casting people, have you ever had to cast someone with a disability? And if you haven't, what would that conversation be like? Well, I can speak to that. Um, when you say, have you had to cast someone with a disability? I or think- like wanting to, right? Want to. Um, yeah. And I will say there was, um, I did shoot, a, I mean, cast a series for YouTube Red that was called, I don't remember what it was called, but anyway, there was a character written in of um, one of the guys that works at this um, studio and he, it's, it was written, he's in a wheelchair. He was, um, and that was, that was just part of it. And going through the, the casting process, I'm like, okay, well, let's, Let's find someone that is like, I, I don't, if this is what you've written, I don't want to cast someone to just sit in a chair. And exactly. 
I want to have someone who's who lives it. And yeah, um, they were very they were new um, producers. It was their first series and they wanted, you know, to get um, influencers, especially because it was YouTube. It was their first series. So it was like, well, what if we could get this influencer or that influencer? And one day they started talking about it in the session and we had, uh, we had someone come in who was absolutely phenomenal. And I said, I'm going to stop the conversation here. I will not. I will, I will do anything you want with any other role in this show. I will not cast an able-bodied person in this role because that's not how it was written. And we met someone who is so phenomenal and mm -hmm. I'm going to put down. And I did. I was like, that's mm -hmm. it. End of conversation. And that was the end of the mm -hmm. conversation. And we, thank we, you for that. We didn't really get that. I mean, I, Jamie's been in casting for um, a really great long time. And um, I don't have nearly the years behind me that she does, but just hearkening back to when I first started in casting, it was, you know, it was casting directors generally asking, you know, white male, cis white male, you know, showrunners about how we can diversify, whether, you know, it's like disability or, or even, you know, just like non-white people. And at that from what I memory, like working under certain casting directors or then asking myself, it was like they would always either push it off or um, give it a lesser, you know, give a non-white person or a, a, a small, a small role. And, and so I fascinated to know what's going on in casting now because of the conversations and the stories and the success that, you know, I'm at least consuming online, um, hearing authentic stories from the people who actually live it, whether they're, you know, uh, non-white or whatever their life experiences or quote unquote disability, we're getting far more um, authentic stories and portrayals because it's the people living it as opposed to like, the generally it was the white male or white female showrunner just writing everybody else's experience when um i'm gonna be brutally honest here we're still not there yet oh i know, no. I know. not even close. oh no i know we're not no i know we're not there yet the growth of as oh many, absolutely yeah. the things that i'm seeing the things that i watch you know, um, it takes a lot for me to even think about watching a series or a movie that has just like white male leads. I'm, you know, it's like it's not interesting to me. It's what I grew up with, not knowing any better, really. And then I'm just so excited about like the younger generation or the generation that's more aware and 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 using everyone using their voices to. Um, not going to do this anymore or we need to do this now and make the change that we want to yeah. see i've been on the diversity committee for um the casting society of america for several years and um there's a huge push to 
first of all, to, you know, for, for us as casting directors to be more aware mm-hmm. um, and it's our job, I think, when we read a script to say, why can't it be this? Mm-hmm. You know, because I think people write and they're not thinking about that. Um, I think that's changing too, but it kind of starts with us um, of, of saying, okay, well, let's go through this list of characters. Why can't this person be in a wheelchair? You know, there were some, some, People were like, well, you know, for production, it could be hard on the set. Like, oh, yeah, come mm-hmm, on. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. so do it. You spend money everywhere else, then do it. Figure it out because that's real life. Everyone can equal. Yeah, it's, mm-hmm. it's real life. And, um, you know, I, I also um, cast for theater and uh, I've been the resident casting director for a a theater out here called Celebration Theater, which is the longest running uh, LBGTQIA um, theater in the country. And we just are, I'm in the process of casting a production of a musical called The New Brain. And our goal was to make, to like do it with a twist. So we reached out for non-binary trans like we we had so much diversity in the room like auditioning and it was one of the most inspiring casting experiences I've ever had and Mm. I think what was amazing but also made me a little sad is that so many people walked into the room and said thank you so much for giving us this opportunity. We don't get Mm -hmm. opportunities like this a lot. And it broke my heart, you know, to Mm -hmm. think like Mm -hmm. um, that they have to thank us. That's it shouldn't, you know? No. Yeah. So it's, it's a process um, as with anything. Look, you know, look at Rosa Parks. She's like, Oh, we can sit anywhere on the bus. Well, no, no, that's not the way it is. But she kept at it and then it became normal, you know, normalized like that. It's just, I mean, will there always be, will it ever be perfect? No, but I do think that the entertainment industry as a whole is doing their best to change to change what we see on TV and in film because it's reality. It's where we are today. Thank you so much for, you know, sharing all that and doing what you do because something that I always say to people when I have these conversations is when I ask that question specifically, I'm not asking you to go into work the next day and tell the showrunner to rewrite the script based on something that I said. But if I could change your perspective just a little bit, then then I've done my job. Absolutely. 
Bob, have you seen one of my favorite shows ever? Uh, Rami? Um, R-A-M-Y? Fantastic. It's one of my favorite shows ever. I just wanted to ask if you had seen that series. I just love it so much. And there, yeah. there's this other show on Netflix that I love that's starring the comedian. It's called, it's called Special. Mm-hmm. That show is fantastic. He... He's gay, and he mm-hmm. has cerebral palsy. It is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's so and you know weird. what? I am looking at his house across the street right now because he lives <laughs> right across the street from me. Oh what? Wow. wow! He sure does. He sure does. That's awesome. Maybe. Hey, do you want me to see if I can ask him to be on your podcast? Do it. Yes. I, if I run into him, just I'm gonna do it. Knock on his door. Just knock on his door right now. <laughs> yeah. right now. Mara, do you know what house it is? Mara, it's I don't. the house that we shot pictures with Theo. Remember, we went across the street, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and we said that's mm-hmm. that's his house. That is so cool. That's that's awesome, Jamie. That's so cool. What? That's so crazy. Yeah, be be my booking agent. <laughs> no, but seriously, like we have, like the strides have been made, but we're still not there yet. Even as far as like accessibility in various locations, like the the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed in 1990 so everything in that law is super outdated whether it be chair lane or what have you so anything that the establishments are going by even to do like sidewalks or what have you it's from mm-hmm. 30 years ago right right from the kids yet. from right the work that the um, the people in Crip Camp documentary did. I love that. I love that. The fighting that, you know, and I had no idea. You know, watching that, I, I it's been out for a, a bit. But whenever I watched that, I had no idea, you know, that ramps were so late in in life. And, and one doesn't, I don't know, unless you have, unless you have challenges or someone in your family has challenges, um, someone you're in love with has has challenges. That's when um, you discover how this world is set up for people who are, you know, walking down the street with both of their legs, you know, and whatever and whatever. Um, my mom got sick with um, ALS, and I drove her from. Colorado to California we stopped like suddenly my eyes were wide open about a rest stop I had never given you know any thought to about the accessibility and what she couldn't couldn't do as we were you know stopping to take breaks along the way and um, so me being unaware of you know important things you know something like that I was like wow this world just isn't made for people who um have challenges yeah like something 
that my girlfriend always says she has cerebral palsy and she has a visual impairment. And she always says the world isn't made for us. Yeah. It's just not made for us. And I was like, what do you mean? It's like, like the world wasn't built to accommodate us sometimes. Mm-hmm. And when I heard that, it's like, I never thought of it that way. Because mm-hmm. before I heard that, you're just going through life and do, doing what you do. And then you hear something like that, it's like, oh, like, there is work that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. So much work in so many different areas. And I'm yes. sorry we yes. went. I'm sorry we went on this tangent, but I feel like it's important to have this conversation. Of well, course. It's, I mean, it, you know, this is how you know you start with one thing and you get to a whole other place, and it's awesome. Yeah, it's really, it's really special to me. To have this conversation with you. Now, we're going to take a complete turn here. So, let's say I ended up in Stars Hollow. <laughs> in my wheelchair. Yeah. And there was a character that was written for me. Who, who do you think I would be? If you were to think of a character for me. If a character were, that's been established or a no, new no, no. character? If, 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 Amy, if Amy said to you, what do you think this character should do or be? Hmm. I, would, I would be cool, uh, uh, like a high school teacher, maybe? Chilton, like a, maybe a, a teacher or counselor at um, one of the schools or... Um... I would be the IT guy. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Totally. Um, Yeah. I know know who you'd be. You know, it would be awesome. You'd be the town podcaster. You have a podcast about. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. How great would that be? Or 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 Sean or Kirk has a brother. Yeah, I was thinking Kirk's brother, but like you would bring on people each week, like to talk about the town gossip or the town, you know, but, like. But then, but then Taylor would take over every single goddamn episode because you'd be talking the whole time. Well, that would be the funniest thing is like Taylor, <laughs> like there'd be scenes where Taylor just stops you and he's like, um, when are we doing our next podcast? Like to always be on the podcast. Because we yeah, have a new and, thing, yeah. and you're no, no, Taylor, no, Taylor, and like you just move on, you know. Like, yeah, you just you just scoot along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's always trying it. to get on the podcast. He's like, to you know, when am I doing my podcast about Lordy Dolly Dog? You're like, we are, you know, I'll get back to you. I'll have to get back to you on that, Taylor. You know, I'm booked for the next three months. That's literally me when people ask me to do interviews with someone I'm not interested in. So that's right. Ah! Ooh, then we feel very lucky right now. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. I I love it. I love that idea. So okay. it comes back again. <laughs> we are so gonna make it. 
were I'm assuming you were the ones that put Kevin and Demi in the in the reboot as well. You Jamie, like, just for clarification, Jamie cast the reboot. Wait, who did I put in? The Gilmore guys. Oh, that's oh, right. Yeah. That's yes, right. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Oh, she yeah, was really up. Of course. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man. That, took, I mean, that, that wasn't easy, was it? That wasn't an easy thing feat to accomplish. No, it was right? not. It was yeah. not. Nope. Well, you got it done. Got her done. Yeah. When Jamie, yeah, Jamie has her mind made up about something, then it's going to be done. She's going to fight, right. fight, fight till it's done. So speaking of difficult things, <laughs> season seven, everything changed. Yes. Uh, yeah. How hard was that for you guys and how do you feel about it? Because totally, it's different. Right. It was a rocky season altogether. It's not bad, but it's different. It's noticeable. It's noticeably different. We, I mean, I, I remember. I mean, it was. Um, I mean, those were long past the days of us probably tuning in to check out an episode. You know, if we had a friend on it or something like that. But that was just a rocky year of work for us kind of overall um, with some you know uh, trips and slips along the way but I feel the only thing the thing that I remember the most was feeling like guilty like I'm keeping a job that Amy gave me but Amy isn't you know Amy didn't get her needs met and she left she walked away so I had like a lot of turmoil inside saying, am I cheating on Amy, cheating on Amy and just having all those, those kinds of thoughts. Yeah. Agreed. It was definitely different. Yeah. Was, you know, but, but I also don't get the, the hatred and the backlash. I mean, yeah, some storylines are a little peculiar, but they're not off base. And meanwhile, if if you could, I, I I wouldn't even remember what the storylines were in the season seven. You would probably know them all, and I'm like, I know nothing. Um, that's why I should watch. Watch it with us, and then come back on this podcast. Yeah, I think <laughs> it's fun to like go. Oh my gosh, I totally forgot about that. Oh yeah, yeah that person. I didn't even remember casting that person, whoever that was. You know. Yeah. A big episode as far as casting was the season six finale. It was. Oh God, what was that? I'm going to look it up because I have no idea. When the troubadours come to town. Oh, right. Oh, gosh. For the troubadour festival or something, right? Yeah. That was. Oh, right. With Grant Lee. Uh, right. Right. We. Oh, my God. We had to. Yes. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. So that mm -hmm. must have that must have been a process to get all that together. Oh, yeah. Oh, it yep. was always a process. Nothing was definitely easy peasy, uh, I would say. Correct. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm trying to click on the episode because I remember having like 
Jason Witten come in and sing, and we were going to have Todd Lowe's. Didn't Todd? I'm Abby, trying to. Wasn't Abby? What's her name? Miller. Oh, was she in it too? Yeah. Oh, okay, I'm scrolling down. I'm scrolling down. Maybe it wasn't that episode one. six. Six. You said the seat uh, episode. Or sorry. Parting. Parting. Uh, on it right now. Hey, Zucre. Um, let's see here. We got Lauren. We got Liza. We got everybody. So Greg Henry, Mary Lynn, Mary Lynn Rice Cobb, which was all like Amy, just like, let's get her in. Um, Grantley Phillips, of course. Dave Allen, which is, you know, Dave Gruber Allen, who's delightful that we would put in anything. Um, yeah. Sam Phillips. Wow. Wow. All these, like Ron Mayle, don't remember. Russell Mayle, don't remember. Ira Kaplan, Georgia Hoobly, James McNew. There's like so many. Oh my God. There's so many. Told you. (laughs) Whoa. Oh my God. Yeah. Wow, Jamie. Lots of people. Mm -hmm. Okay. That was good. Yeah. Oh, Irene White was in that episode. Okay. Cool, cool. That's such a fun one. Because if I was to show people an episode that encapsulates the wacky and zany yet lovable nature of this show, it's that one. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's that will be, I will remember that. Check. Yeah, when I'm gonna, I'm gonna check. That's really nice to hear that. Um, I will refer to that episode if somebody asks me about something I'd ever recommend. I'm gonna watch it. Okay, that's good. You've been yeah, so if, helpful, Bob. Well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I mean, and it's also been, I everything I found out we were doing this, I basically rewatched a lot of it before we got on this. Because I wanted to re re familiarize myself, and it still holds up. I don't yeah. think it's dated at all. I mean, there are a couple things, but like, right, what is dated at least a little bit, but it's, it literally is timeless. Yeah. They also had the like Amy and her best friend Helen, who was a producer on the show had a real love uh, for music and had different relationships in music. And here I am, like I'm reading off these names, Thurston Moore, and I'm going back. It's like, oh, right. The band Sonic Youth was part of that. (laughs) So, yeah, we had a we had um, known singers, singer songwriters on there as well. Jamie Radoff. Crazy. I love it. I love that. So. What does, and I see a loaded question, what does Gilmore Girls mean to you? That is a loaded question. I think for me, as challenging as it could be, it was a just a an awesome time in my career um you know we don't get it is very rare for casting people 
to be on a series for that long. There's, there's a handful of series, you know, I mean, sure. There's some that go on for years and years and years and years, but to have that opportunity to become so um, involved from the beginning to the end in, in something that you love that I thought we got to work with, um, you know, Amy and Dan, whose vision is, was so open and, um, you know, like it made casting fun. And also because it was nice that we, you know, would just, and it, it was fun. It was challenging. Let me just say, it wasn't like, you know, a bed of roses every day, but the challenge and just the fact of working on something that's become iconic for so many people, like it's, you don't get, that a lot in in a career that to work on something that meant so much to so many people and still does absolutely that's my, that's absolutely my casey uh i peaked i mean 2000 to 2007 was probably the best years of my life <laughs> that was my peak those years were my peak i had a riot with jamie it was fun we were yeah. in demand for pilots. We taught a lot of workshops. You know, it was probably the first time that I had stability um, as far as like financial stability ever in my life because it was always very hand to mouth before then. Um, and it was, you know, it was, it was just, it was, it was the best time of my life for a career. Yeah. Um, just my life. Like I loved living my life. I loved the opportunities it gave. Um, I loved all the, pe you know, people we cast and friendships that form and continue today. Um, I would say, um, yeah, it's just probably the best time of my life. Well, for me, the series created a safe space for me mm. to be myself and to be quirky and to be a little weird and gamey because normally the content that I cover on the show is very children centric. I do a lot of stuff for Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. I work with those companies a lot. So, but in order for people to get to know me, I wanted people to get to know the this other thing that informed my sensibilities and what I'm able to do here. So mm. you think a lot to me too. Mm, very nice That's to hear. Yeah. So what are you guys up to now? What's going on? <laughs> uh, well life is going <laughs> um let's see how I am still casting, um, but also uh, I um, co-own an acting studio with my current casting partner. So teaching a lot and running an acting studio, which is great. And, um, you know, I'm momming it up with my, my little dude who's now sick. 
um, single mom in it. And that's challenging in and of itself. So that's a whole other job. Right. Um, right. That's what I'm. Hmm. I, uh, I'm a little bit all over the place, which I guess looking back on my life, I pretty much am a little all over the place. We've had, you know, my husband and I have had a lot of life uh, challenges um, as far as parents being sick and or dying from rare diseases. Um, so our lives pretty much the last 2018 have been all about that. Um, so it's just like life stuff that very challenging. Uh, and then, um, tried to kind of get, I, well, I, I went to Chicago cause I was in Chicago before I moved here to see if I could get some acting work and, um, I've, I've gotten auditions, but that's it. Um, I haven't booked anything. I did one play at one of the bigger theaters, um, last in 21 I think is it 21 I don't remember anything but uh kind of just auditioning and teaching um, here and there uh, I don't have a consistent teaching job like I've had in previous years but right now just kind of bouncing around bouncing around just Honestly, just taking care of people who are sick. That's what's kind of, that's what's kind of been. So not to be a downer, but if I'm going to be truthful, that's, you know, been a big part of my life. That's yeah. okay. That's okay. And I hope that I, I honestly, and this is not to sound self-indulgent, but I hope that I've given you guys some stuff to think about and, some joy today, but she's been wonderful. Oh, sure. Oh, oh my God. So wonderful. So like, wonderful. Um, Yeah, really. It, it kind of, you know, things like this pop up every once in a while and to be able to reminisce and even just, I mean, Mara and I have a very difficult time even getting together now. And so even just like <laughs> being able to chat with you and with Mara and, share stories and connect connecting i mean yeah it's all about i love that and the fact again that gilmore girls has connected us is i'm very very grateful for that oh we're we're yeah. friends now we're all friends oh. now <laughs> no, no. so to wrap this up i just want to know when i have these conversations i don't expect to impact people but obviously the conversation we've had has been so vulnerable so what have I taught you guys if anything or what have, what did you take away from this well my takeaway for this is that it's very meaningful to um, touch people who have been affected by something I was involved with. And, you know, like Jamie said, it comes up here and there. The last time Jamie and I were together was on a podcast, like last year, I think, um, or some sort of live. We, we did something with Cabrera, um, but that was the last time I think we were on the same phone line. But my takeaway is that I'm going to do um, some more exploration on you 
and that you have been, my heart is very touched. I feel a little emotional um, that you've been so uh, forthright to learn about you and your success, like age, your, your, your passion and which has turned into um, success um, is, is, is so heartwarming. And I don't know, I just gave me pause to appreciate you, your interest and learn some more um, about you and all the work that you've done over the years. Yeah. I mean, I think what, and what I taken away is just being, you've inspired me today. And, you know, some days it's harder than others to, to get it going and to keep it going and to have like a conversation with you. And just, I mean, I'm, I'm, awestruck by how young you were when you started this and you're you're like a almost like a pioneer in the podcasting world and uh just to be inspired that something you were passionate about you turned into you know something that that obviously you love or you wouldn't be doing it and that I could have I could have easily been like Oh, I'm in a wheelchair. I have this stuff. Right. Yes, yes, I have days like that. But the fact that I can create and that I can share, and also Mm -hmm. the fact that I never used to talk about my disability on this podcast is nuts. I used to hide it. Right. Well, what's, what's interesting also is that I've been thinking about is that, you know, we're doing this on Zoom and we're not, you know, our videos aren't on. And it's three people having a conversation and the idea of, you know, you like having a disability isn't even in my frame of reference. Do you know what I mean? Right, Yeah. right. Like, and that's what it's all about. You're just a human. Why do you have to be defined? And, you know, I, I understand like, but, but still it's like, I just love that here we are all talking and being vulnerable and sharing. And while that is something, you know, that you, you have a disability, but that's not what this is about. And that's what I love. Do you know what I mean? And we've touched on it, discussed it, but like when we get down to it, we're again, just three people having a conversation. Yeah. Firing each other. The joy and education you must bring to all the peoples. um, It's a very beautiful, impactful thing. I just try to create stuff that I would enjoy listening to, too. Mm -hmm. Like if if I find it cool, then I hope somebody else does. Like exactly. Obviously, they do. That's why you, you <laughs> got following. You've you've done your job. Yeah. You're doing- well, this has been wonderful. Thank you so much, guys. And this has been absolutely wonderful. And I can't wait to chat again.
Thank you. Thank you it's, so much. It's been a real treat and pleasure mm-hmm. to talk yes. today. So thank you. The DJ Bob Show. Pop culture, past and present.